0: Hello and thank you for choosing Destiny Talk and today we just want to go before God in his presence because you know there's a lot going on in the world right now and we just need him on a daily basis we just need him to speak to us to revive us to instruct us on the things that we should do or how we should be doing those things so we just want to talk to him today even if it's crying out tears and just discussing our problems with him. But one thing we have to realize is that we shouldn't always take everything to everyone for answers, for counsel, and for direction because God is there for us to give all of those things to us. And we have to build our relationship with him and not so much with the world or with friends or family or with people around us, but we have to start focusing more building a relationship with god so we're gonna pray and then get into our lesson father we thank you right now we give you praise glory and honor we know oh god that in this day you are going to order our steps you're going to give us instructions and you're going to feed us with your word today that we may continue to grow in you be focused and continue to do your will every day of our lives, and even though we may stumble, we may make mistakes, we may do things that's not according to your will, God, we ask that you have mercy upon us and lead and guide us into the direction that you desire us to be in, because truly, oh God, we need you in this day and in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So once again, I thank you guys for joining in on our little mini- 30 minutes or more Bible studying, just trusting God to believe as we continue to grow. Um, and like I said, we have over 60 something thousand people that are listening to destiny talk for their daily communion or however they choose to listen. And I thank God that he has trusted me. Um, with this vision of destiny talk because our destinies are very important not only to ourselves but to God mostly. So today we're going to be talking about drawing God closer to us and those times that we don't feel that he's actually there with us and we always saying to him God be close be close God do the things that we need you to do God I don't feel you God I don't know if you're here if you're listening god let me know that you're listening and he wants us to know that you know he is listening and he is there even though we don't feel him don't count him out so as we go to psalms 38 9 to 22 and this was david crying out to god he was tired he was miserable frustrated and wondering why does this keep happening? Why is this lingering on? And I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm talking to you and I'm doing worship and I'm trying not to do the things that my flesh wants me to do, which is to harm my enemy or ask you to harm my enemy. And David was like, God, I just need to know you're here. I just need to know you're listening because all I'm going to do is continue to talk to you until I know. So we go into nine and he says, Lord, all my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of my eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloft from me sore and my kinsmen stand far off, afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and that they seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceit all the day long but as a deaf man heard not and as and I was as a dumb man that openeth not my mouth thus I was as a man that heareth not and in whose mouth are not reproved no reproves 15 for in thee, O Lord, do I put my hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord, my God. 16. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity, and I will be sorry for my sin. 19. But mine enemies are lively and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. 20. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that is good. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. So this is an example of how we should pray. Um, we do have our times of lamentations that, you know, and we do have our times of pity before the Lord. Um, but this is a prayer that David is mixing it up a little bit. You know, he's saying, I know I got a covenant with you. I know that you are there, but I'm going to tell you about my flesh right now. My flesh don't feel you." My flesh don't feel you. My flesh don't know that you're there. My spirit man knows. But even that gets weak sometimes. And I want to know that you're here for me. I want to know that you're not far off. So I'm going to pray this prayer to you right now, oh God. Because I just need that reassurance. I need to know that you are going to be there. So he's reaching out to God. And he's letting God know that he needed. And we do this on a constant basis, especially when things get hard and we really don't know the outcome, like when we're at work and they say, we need to talk to you, our heart drops, our stomach bubbles because we don't know what they're going to talk to us about. But when we begin to mix the word of God with those fears and we be honest with God to let him know, you know what, God, they're about to call me into the office. I don't know why. I'm going to recap on everything to make sure I've I dotted my I's and crossed my T's, but God, these are not believers, so I'm not quite sure where this is headed and what's going to happen. So, God, I'm going to need you right now. I'm going to need you right now. The covenant that I have with you, the blood of Jesus that's protecting my job, I'm going to need it right now, God, because I don't know what I'm walking myself in. And those are the prayers of how you mix the covenant in with your concerns. Instead of praying only on your concerns, he wants us to also remind himself and our own selves that there's a covenant of the blood with us, that the blood protects, the blood covers, the blood informs us of what's to come. So he wants us to always look at those things. Before we just say, oh, my God, I know they're calling me in here. God, I'm getting fired. God, am I getting demoted? God, are they taking my pay? Instead of asking God those questions, let's begin to talk to him about the covenants of things. And that way, we are rebuking the fear of everything that we could be thinking. And we're going into the covenant that we have with him. So let us always remember that. With God. So as we go into the, um, the first verse of David's concern. So let's see here. Okay, verse 9 Lord, all my desires is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panted, my strength failed. As for light in mine eyes, it is also gone from me. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in this type of situation with God to where it's getting harder. Things are getting more rough. Things are definitely looking like destruction. Things are looking like God is nowhere to be found and will not be found. Those are the things that we say when we get in those situations. We say, Lord, I'm groaning. My heart, my spirit, my soul, my flesh, my mind, my words are even in misery and groaning. And I'm not going to hide it from you because if I hide it from you, who's going to be my foundation of help? So he's calling out to God. He said, my heart panted and it fails me. It's like, God, I love you. And my heart is failing me at the same time. I got two wars going on. I got my flesh and I got my spirit man. Spirit man is lifting me up. My flesh is tearing me down. So it's like there's a constant war going on. I'm panting for you. I need you The light in My eyes are almost gone, God, because I see your work. I see what you've done in the past. But as I'm looking at this right now situation, my eyes are failing me because I don't know the direction. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're going to do. So my eyes are failing me right now. And when we get into those situations to where it's like you've gotten a medical report four months to live. What do you do with that kind of information because it's always known that once the, the doctor plants that seed into your mind that you only have so that's how death begins to come so quickly because you accept what the doctor has said your eyes begin to draw dark because of the fact that that was a dark word that was spoken over you and you go home preparing to die And your flesh is fighting, but God, you said this, why God, why, what did I do God? And you're constantly fighting with God about what was just told to you from your doctor. But God is saying, when you get those types of reports, or you get something that's troubling, he wants us to say, God, I'm not going to hide this from you. This is how I feel concerning this situation. And this is what is going on now. But I know God, that your word says this, this, and this concerning that situation So now I got two wars going on inside of me, God. I got literally what the doctor just told me face to face right now or the payment or the children or whatever is going on. But God, then I have the covenant of your word and the blood of Jesus and they're warring against each other. Fear is in my stomach, troubling me right now. And God is saying, I want you to slow down for a second. Just stop. Sit down and let's talk. You tell me your concerns. The Holy Spirit reminds you of my promises. And then the blood of Jesus comes in and covers it all. So whatever it is, he has an answer for you. But you got to sit down. Even while your mind is going through a lot and your heart is heavy and the tears are rolling. He's saying, sit down. Let's talk. Because I'm not far from you, even though you feel that I am. In 11, he says, but my lovers and my friends stood aloft from my, from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek me after, seek after my life lay snares for me, and they seek my hurt, speak malicious things, and imagine deceit all the day long. So now, before we actually sit down with God and have a conversation, we're calling everybody. hey. To your your children, this is what the doctor said. I need for all of you to come around. We need to talk. Hey, family members, this is what the doctor said, or this is what the bill is saying. I need for you all to come around and let's talk. Now, knowing we have not talked to God yet, we have not sat down with covenant and the blood yet because we are talking to everyone else. And this is where the distraction comes in at because David said, My lovers and my friends stand aloft from me, my sword. Now, after you explain all of this to your family members or friends and co-workers, only thing they can do is look at you and say, I'm praying for you. All they can look at you and say, hey, I know someone that has gone through this and this is what they have done. There's absolutely no rest for you from those conversations. There's absolutely no answer coming from any of them in that situation. One, because they're not God. They didn't create you and they didn't have a covenant with you. Only thing they want to know, what's going on, what you plan on doing, and that's it. They're not seeking God with you. They're not saying, I'm praying for you as far as help. They're saying, I'm praying for you. Hope you get better. And then they go and repeat everything you just said to somebody else. And that's what God is letting us know. I don't want you guys to do that. I want you to come and sit down at my feet, take a breath, and let's talk. If I fail you, then I'm not God. But if you come to me, trust and believe we're going to deal with this situation because he is God. And above him, there is no other. He don't want us to continuously go round and round with something, talking to everybody, only to get absolutely no resolve of our problems. And then he says that they seek me. They seek after my life. They seek in me. They're saying things about me that's not true. And they're saying it all day. They're making this conversation that they're having with other people to be true. So when we go around and we repeat what we've heard, we add our own spin to it and we're actually adding a lie to the pain of someone else. Misery. We're actually taking things out of context, repeating it the the wrong way that we heard it, which now makes it worse because instead of praying a positive prayer, you are now praying destruction upon the destruction we've already heard and You become an enemy to what God really wants to do in this person's life. You become the enemy of malicious conversation concerning this person. So it'd be better for you to stand off and not get involved and not ask questions than for you to ask the questions, get the information, and then add to a person's misery and lay the snares for them to get in a worse situation because you're not uplifting, you're tearing down. So it's best that we allow family, friends, co-workers, children to be afar off so that we can deal with this in the spirit realm where it is actually coming from. Even though it's in the natural and it's looking at us, but when we deal with it in the spirit realm, that gives God the opportunity to take control through the blood and not us determining what the outcome will be. Because God wants the glory out of the situation and not you. So it's for his glory that we are going to give it to him and not for our own glory or for our own gratification. So always remember that go to God first, especially when you're in pain and you've heard some information before you call anybody, before you pick up the phone and say, hey, I just left the doctor. Nope. Go to God first. Get what he has to say. No, in 13, but I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was a dumb man that openeth not my mouth. So this is what David is telling us. I heard what they were saying. I know what they were saying. I understood what they were saying, but I didn't open my mouth. Not one time. Not one time because if I told it to the person, then I just need to shut up because I'm going to ask myself, why did I tell that? If I knew that they were gonna act like this, why did I tell them? Just that's all you can ask yourself, is just why? Because now they're digging a deeper ditch and you're sitting there listening to it, and you're like, wow, instead of them lifting me up, or when you pass by a person and they're repeating what you said, and you're like, wow, instead of them lifting me up, they stand in here gossiping about me. And they were the first one to say, I'll pray for you. They were the first one to say, Call me if you need me. But yet. When you hear them talking about you, only thing you can do is walk away and keep your mouth closed because you're the one that that opened your mouth to them. 14, thus I was a man that heareth not and whose mouth are no reproofs. When I heard it, I I just didn't even say anything or I just listened because we still need God. Despite everything we're going through, we have to depend on God. We cannot depend on people or ourselves. Sixteen, for I said, Hear me, least otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. So as you're falling down, they're watching you fall down. And they're saying good. They're exalting the fact that you're falling down. They're exalting the fact that you only have so much or that you're going to get evicted or repoed, in a quiet sense, but amongst themselves. You know how people gossip. And they're like, well, she should have paid a bills. She shouldn't have went and got her hair done. Those are the type of malicious things that will come out of a person's mouth as you are in pain, as you are not well. They And they see your foot slip. And they say, well, I guess you'll know better next time. But you you just said you're going to pray for me. You just said you will pray for me. But that's not the prayer I needed you to pray. I didn't need you to exalt the situation and exalt my failure. I needed you to pray that God would give me an answer, that God would make provisions, that God would heal through his blood, but that's not what you just prayed. So I'm hearing you rejoicing over the fact that I got a situation. 17, for I am ready to halt and my sorrow is continually before me. 18, for I will declare my iniquity and will be sorry for my sin. And he's saying, despite all I'm going through, the first thing I'm going to do After I keep my mouth closed and only talk to you is go to Psalms 51 and do a repentance because just in case I sin and this is a part, the repercussions of my sin, I'm going to go and ask you to forgive me for anything that I've done because I know it's against you that I've done it. And that's why I'm going through what I'm going through. And even though I'm going to grow from this, I'm going to grow and you'll be glorified and I'm going to be out of the situation because I know your covenant is true. And that's what David is saying. I'm going to go and stop for a second. I'm going to halt. Because this is continuously against me. Every hour I'm placing this. This ain't just every day. This is every hour somebody's after me. Something is going on. So I'm going to stop. And I'm going to make sure I have not sinned against you. Because if I have, woe unto me if I don't repent and get this off of me first before this affliction continues to press on. So after we repent and we find that hope in God and we're depending on the blood of Jesus to help us out, now we continue on. He says, but my enemies are lively and they are strong and they that hate me wrongfully are my, my, it's getting bigger, God. Every day something else is coming up. Something else in my health, something else in my finances, something else on my job is getting bigger. Every time I think it's getting smaller, it's getting bigger, God because I opened my mouth, because I did something I wasn't supposed to do. God, it's growing, and I need you right now. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to halt. I'm going to repent. I'm going to check my life. I'm going to check my spiritual life. I'm going to do everything I need to do with you, God, because you're going to get the glory, and I'm going to get out of this. So I need you right now, not the gossipers, not the naysayers, not the ones that want to see me slip and fall, not the ones that's going to rejoice over me slipping and falling. I need you right now because this is getting bigger than ever. So then we go to 20. They also, that render evil for good are mine. Adversaries. Because I follow the thing that is good. So God, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying. But every time I talk to a certain person, every time something comes up, My enemies, they just keep, they like, they keep getting strong. The situation is getting stronger. And I'm appealing to you, God, because some of this is my fault. I let this happen. So I need you to fix it. I'm going to repent. I'm going to acknowledge my own fault in this and I'm going to repent. And then please, God, step in. I'm pleading with you to please step in and get this to stop growing. Get this to stop happening to me. Bring this to an expected end. Right now, oh God. Then he says, forsake me not, O oh Lord. 21, my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O oh Lord, my salvation. So he ends his saying, you are my salvation, God. And I acknowledge that now. And I need you to not forsake me in this situation because I'm going to own everything that I've done. And I'm going to understand that you've shown me everything that's going on in this situation. But I need you to not be far from me. I need you to actually step up and help me with this. I need the covenant of the blood to rise up in me right now and help me. Now, even though we know that the blood came later, but we're just going to go ahead and add it to us right now. We need mercy. We need God's grace. We need God as close now as we've ever needed him before in our salvation. Because we need the urgency of Christ right now and the blood of Jesus in our salvation. That no matter what, we continue on in faith with God. Monday through Friday, we may not see a change, but we do see the hand of God working. And as long as God is working, all is well. Revelations 12 and 11, they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. So you have to ask yourself, what are the words coming out of my mouth? What am I speaking over my own life? Not what everybody else is speaking, not how many enemies I have, not how big this situation is becoming. My stomach is queasy. My eyes don't see light. I don't know where God is. Help me, God. What are you speaking in this situation? Because the first thing, after we stop talking, just stop talking. Tell yourself, stop talking. Halt yourself from talking. Because the enemy could be right there talking to you about it. And all they want to know is whatever I did, did it work? And you're telling the answer. Because you're talking. Stop talking. So as you halt yourself and you go before the throne, you do your worship, you do your prayers on a designated prayer corner that you set aside just for you and God to talk. And you begin to first, you're going to weep before the Lord. Tell him everything. Everything. And after you can't cry anymore on your altar, Then you're going to repent and acknowledge any part you played in this. Even if the only thing you did was tell everybody, repent. Because you didn't go to him first. After you do that, now you go to the word of God. And say, type in encouragement in the Bible. Scriptures will come up that will encourage you. Then you type, Lord, speak to me. Anything that comes up to encourage me, to help me, whatever, Google, whatever your heart is feeling at that moment to encourage you. God will then begin to respond to let you know he has heard you, he has acknowledged you, your salvation is still sure in him, and that he will answer you. When we begin to feel like all hope is gone, when we begin to feel like I've done it and God is not going to correct it, don't believe that. When you are in the 11th hour of your situation and you need to turn around now, 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 I'm going to need you to turn that plate down because the plate down helps you deal with the flesh. Because once the flesh is weak, it has no more voice in your situation. Now I'm going to need you to start reading the word of God before you start praying. Get into the word of God. God and the Holy Spirit will direct you into a message just for you. After you receive that message from prayer, you then go down in prayer, quoting exactly what you read. It may not be word from word, but it's what you read understood according to the Holy Spirit. Because once you pray the word of God, the victory is yours because there's a covenant in that word. The flesh is now gone. So now you are in your covenant rights with the blood of Jesus. And you are now trusting the blood of Jesus. So now you can go into... Revelations 12 and you conquer the situation through the blood of Jesus and you're pleading the blood over that situation. I don't care how bad it is. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And then God will give you a testimony before it ends. Now you are more than a conqueror because you have Followed the protocol of getting God in your business, your fears, your questions. Now you have a word of a testimony that this is going to work out for your good because I'm holding on to the blood of Jesus. Now, in case you don't know what the blood actually does, you Google that as well because the blood of Jesus. Speaks for us in any situation, the blood of Jesus speaks to us. God gave us to Jesus and Jesus to us. So we are now one. And Jesus is going to protect what God has given to him. Through his blood. Jesus says, come unto me, and that he will give us rest. He's our protection. The blood grants us access to shelter, to the presence of God. And Jesus delivers according to the covenant of the blood. We have to get back into the blood of Jesus. We have to get back to Taking the anointing oil and anointing our house, our cars, our bank accounts. Because when the blood of the lamb was on the door, the plague passed by them. So when you apply that oil and you say, this is the blood of Jesus that I'm putting on this situation. This is the blood of Jesus that I'm putting on my checkbook. You are securing it with the protection of a covenant of the death and resurrection of Christ. And he put that blood there for that presence that he grants us access to. So if we are forgetting about the blood of Jesus only when Easter shows up, then I guess that's when you get your breakthrough. I guess that's when you get the presence of God is when Easter comes. But with the blood of Jesus, you pray in victory and you come out of captivity. With the blood of Jesus, it binds oppression and wickedness and takes you from that yoke. It gives you power that you can't have without the blood. And then the spirit of the Holy Spirit directs you in that situation, even through your healing. So let us go in those orders and begin to just seek the Lord or however the Holy Spirit leads you in your situation, in your plea that hopefully, Jesus, you're not far from me. And he's not. He's right there. He's just waiting for you. So I thank you for listening today. Father, we thank you right now for the blood of protection and the blood that is upon our lives right now to give us access to your presence. I thank you right now, God, that whatever we're going through, it may seem like the worst thing ever, but God, when we open up, ourselves to you when we open up ourselves to the word and to the blood of Jesus we find out that you are in control just waiting to get the control from us and we thank you for that right now oh God we pray the rest of this week God that we surrender and we give ourselves unto you we love you we open our hearts unto you we kneel down to you and worship you and we thank you for your protection by the blood